it seems like distant memory now, the drains, uh, finding, sorting out problems with the drains and the services and all sorts of issues that we've had along the way that got resolved. Uh, and then we got to a point where the, the step was to, uh, to get planning permission. We, we gained planning permission for, for what we want to do in the building uh, and how we want to renovate the building and, and uh, use the building. Then uh, it was about engaging them with some contractors, uh, putting the word out there and, uh, and getting some quotes back. And it was at that stage that we got the quotes back that I'm going to be honest with you, uh, those of us that are involved in the whole process uh, got the quotes and we shouldn't have been surprised because we've watched Grand Designs, um, but, but it was a lot more than we were expecting. Okay, and so for a little while we've been sort of rocked back on our heels a little bit. Whoa, how are we going to do that then? Um, and uh, so, um, so there's not been a lot of news. There's not been a lot to share because, frankly, we as the team that are sort of sorting it out have been wondering where we go from here. Um, we feel like we've got a bit of a plan uh, or potentially sort of possibly a plan. Um, and uh, just to give you an idea, the, the quotes that we had back was um, uh, 1.6 million pounds plus VAT. Um, yeah, say it quick, it's easy, it's fine, it's no problem. <laughs> Um, and uh, that was to do the work. Obviously, we've already bought the building at 420,000. Um, so it's a fair-sized project that we're embarking on. And, uh, and if you look around, we're it. <laughs> we are the team. Um, so, uh, so that is a challenge. Um, we, we try to break that down into smaller steps. Is there something we can do initially um, to sort of be the next step? So, so I've had meetings with contractors. Um, and the, the bottom line is that the next step, however we slice it, is a big one. <laughs> so we, can't, we can't seem to make the next step smaller. It's a big step. Uh, and uh, so to, to get the um, shell done uh, and get to a point where we could possibly, with some camp chairs and different things, uh, uh, have some meetings in there, it's about one million quid plus VAT. Plus VAT is quite crucial when you're talking about millions of pounds. Um, and um, so, so it's a big step. We have currently around about 300,000 in the bank, um, in the building fund, uh, that is accessible for now. Uh, so, and having, as I said, since having bought the building for 420,000, uh, it's not like we've come nowhere. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're underway. We're, we're, we're on the journey. We're very much in the journey. Uh, but nevertheless, we do have a stride in front of us. And, and, um, and we're looking at a number of different um, avenues um, for how we're going to tackle this fairly sizable step that we've got in front of us. Uh, and one that uh, I, I met with somebody that's been involved in um, doing this sort of project for other churches uh, and has a lot of experience. Um, and they suggested, have you really exhausted and looked down the trust fund route? There may well be some funds, some trusts, uh, that might be willing to to um, to give you some money, and uh, so I said, "Well, let's do that then." Um, if someone wants to give us some money, I'll gladly take it. The the most likely uh, fund uh, that's available is the Heritage Lottery Fund. Um, they have a particular interest in interesting buildings that have been derelict, uh, and I think it's an interesting building, and I definitely think it's derelict, uh, apart from the pigeons. Um, but, well, no, they've gone now, so it is derelict. Uh, so, um, 
So we're looking down that route, and in order to do that, we need to do quite a, quite a bit of work. You don't do a lottery bid uh, quickly, overnight. There's a lot of background work to do. So we're having to pause for a little bit and do a little bit of work. Um, and uh, they, they would be interested in how we celebrate the history of the building moving forward. Uh, they want to know who we're looking to partner with in the use of the building, um, and so on and so forth. The, the advantage of that route Okay, and some people, you can ask me questions afterwards, okay. Um, uh, the, the advantage of that route is that actually if we won a lottery bid, they'd pay the lot. Um, and, um, and then we could, we could use the building very charitably because we wouldn't be paying a loan or anything like that. Uh, and and I've, I'm quite, I've, I've been quite excited about, and I've had some conversations with other uh, organizations in the city uh, that are interested in what we're doing and are interested in um, being involved and basically using our building for some things. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm keying up a number of meetings at the moment uh, with various community groups, some Christian, some not Christian, um, to look at the whole thing of, well, what, how could this work? How can we do what we do? So that's one route that we could go down and, and um, uh, you can bid for anything from five, for, for that particular lottery fund, you can bid from anything from 500,000 to 5 million. Um, so we would put a bid in for the lot. They just want to make sure, they, they, they want you to have 10% of the, the total cost. So we're well, well into that. Uh, the second route, because it feels prudent and right to have a plan B um, uh, for such things, and, and we're, we're fleshing out two scenarios at the same time. Uh, the second route is um, what we can do in terms of what is our borrowing capacity? Can we borrow some money to get, get cracking? Um, a, a mortgage or something like that, uh, which many churches have done and do do uh, to get to where we, they want to get to. Uh, the reality is, on our current income, we probably couldn't borrow more, much more than about two to three hundred thousand uh, pounds, because there's no, and the bank will lend us more, but we've got to be able to pay it. <laughs> so you know that's quite a fundamental uh, thing you have to be able to do when you borrow money. Um, so um, so we're looking at that, but we're also having a look at what commercial. Um, potential is there in the building uh, and we think by far the strongest commercial um, uh, use of the building might be in other words that we can earn some money from the building therefore borrow some more money because we can afford to pay more off yeah um, it would would be um, a conferencing facility uh, so we're doing at the moment some market research um, on uh, is there a market is there are there actually customers that want to uh, use something like the granary as a conference facility? Uh, what sort of income can you expect from that sort of thing? How do you also use it for the community and the church that we want to do? Would you have to compromise a lot to do that? We're, we're looking at all of those things, uh, but that will, um, it, you know, we we suspect that that would increase our borrowing capacity um, to get the job done. Those are two scenarios that we're sort of. Um, fleshing out at the same time and actually the people that we work with and partner with for the two different scenarios might be quite different um, but it feels right to consider both options okay uh, the third thing um, which is by far well I don't really mind but it's probably the better option is God just does it <laughs> uh, however he likes um, and uh, and that's you know that's what we'd quite like uh, it just money to land on our lap and 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 uh, that we collectively um, own this thing, give sacrificially, 
get behind it and achieve it together as a community, preferably before our kids have grown up. Um, so, so, um, you, you know, so, so that's, a, that's the third route. And, and on, on that, either way, that's what we've got to do. Okay, we're not going to get it without us getting behind it. Um, we're, we're a family, we're a community, we've got to get into it, we've got to get behind it. Um, and so on the 29th of April and the, and the 6th of May, you'll be pleased to know there'll be another opportunity to give us your ices, give us your, your money you've saved for your new kitchen, uh, all, of those, all of those things. Um, so, so there'll be a gift day. Um, and it's an opportunity to review and look at, can we regularly give more money? Do we have any capital that we could uh, sow into the building? Uh, another option that we, that we are looking at um, is, for some of us, we may, we may have some money, but we need it later on. You know, we may have a retirement fund or, or whatever, do you know what I mean, that we might need later on. Um, so some people have asked me, is it possible to think about loaning some money to the church on maybe an interest-free basis or, or a low interest basis? We're not doing any high interest basis uh, loans. Um, uh, and, and we are looking at, looking at and getting advice on how we would do that properly and not make a mess of that. Um, so if anybody's interested in that, then they could come and speak to myself or Dan, give us a wave, Dan, um, about that. So that's the Granary Building, and I, and I hope that gives you a little bit more of a clue of where we're up to. Uh, it's frustrating uh, that it keeps feeling like we're close to actually starting some work, and then we have to pull back a little bit. A lottery bid doesn't happen quickly. Uh, that may be a sort of six, nine-month process uh, to do. We've, we've engaged and em, uh, employed very, very part-time a fundraiser to help us, a uh, professional fundraiser to help us, um, write that bid and do that work but there's quite a lot of background research for us to do to put a good bid in uh, to, to the lottery look the lottery is not the only fund there are other ones but but uh, it's the, the initial one that we're going to go for because it's by far the biggest one um, and uh, and the advantage with the lottery is that you can put a preliminary small bid in to sort of sound them out do you think we should put the proper bid in and they will give us some feedback um, so we're going to we're going to do that first uh, okay, um, just thought you might want to know, all right? Uh, so do pray, uh, do get behind it, uh, do, you know, ask God to give you a million pounds that, that you can give us it, uh, and, uh, and we'll see where we go. What I want to do is I want to put that sort of information and communication into the mix of what I believe is a prophetic word for us as a church. Um, and and it, 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 it isn't in my opinion, a mistake or an accident or just a coincidence uh, that we are looking at by, well, we've bought, and we're looking at possessing and getting into a building that is a grain store, uh, an old granary. Uh, I believe God has spoken about that, and I believe God is calling us um, to be a grain store in the city and the nation. Um, It's going back now many, many years uh, in the early days of this church, I've been around this church forever. Uh, I was clean shaven when I came, and and um, uh, and <coughs> sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and um, uh, God had spoken to us and given us a burden when it was really ridiculous, to be honest with you, to be a, a resource church. Now, at the time when I heard that, other people may have heard picture different things. When I picture that that 
those words, a picture God's called us to be a resource church, I think, oh, we're going to go around and help other churches um, and support and encourage other churches. And, and that's what I pictured as a resource church. And we, and we paralleled um, uh, our experience and our, our vision, if you like, with the Antioch church in the New Testament um, and Paul planting churches and helping and supporting other churches. Uh, but I, I, believe, I believe God wants us to look much, much wider than that. I believe that, I believe that God is giving us grain. Uh, he's giving us a grain store, a, a, a barn uh, to store goodness, um, uh, to, to feed uh, the city, the region, the nation, the nations. Um, and uh, it seems rude not to refer to uh, the story in, uh, in Genesis, Genesis 41, uh, when you've got this guy, Joseph, um, who's basically um, a bit of a spoiled kid, and, uh, but then was ill-treated by his brothers, so his dad bought him a coat, didn't buy the brothers a coat, and they all love that. Uh, and, uh, and then he has this dream and tells his brothers that you're going to bow down to me. Uh, I was the youngest of the family. If I'd said that, I'm not sure I'd be here today. Um, and and, and uh, so, so they, um, they, they wanted to kill him. They didn't kill him. Uh, they thought he was perhaps going to die. But in the end, he got taken into slavery. And we know the story. He got imprisoned and he got out of prison. Then there was a bit of a scandal, wrongly accused, back in prison again. Um, and uh, it was in that context that Pharaoh then had a dream. And in Pharaoh's dream, he saw seven fat cows, uh, healthy fat cows. Uh, if you're a farmer, fat cows are good. Uh, and, uh, and, and then, and then uh, after that, another seven thin, gaunt-looking, uh, unhealthy-looking cows came along and ate all the fat cows. Uh, and then after that, he then saw uh, 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 some, some um, grain, um, what is it called? Wheat. Sheafs, sheafs of wheat uh, grow up. And, and uh, one had uh, seven really healthy um, things on it. What's the things? Ears. Yeah, okay. Uh, well done. Thank you. Audience participation. We like it. Uh, I thought they were these. I thought they were ears. But anyway, those things. Um, and, and then another, another one grew up uh, uh, with seven uh, gaunt-looking unhealthy ones, and they consumed uh, the good ones. And uh, it, ups it, it concerned Pharaoh. He didn't know what to make of it. And, uh, and, then, and then the, the, the um, assistant to Pharaoh... Um, said, oh, do you know what? There's this guy, Joseph, rotting in jail. Uh, and it says that they pulled him out and they gave him a shave, cleaned him up. Um, and, uh, and then he stood before Pharaoh and interpreted the dream. And he, the, the, the interpretation was that there was going to be seven years of plenty um, uh, that were going to be followed by seven years of famine. And, uh, and, and you need to store away the, plenty, the, the grain and the, and the food from the years of plenty so that we can have provision uh, for the years of famine. And, uh, and Pharaoh then uh, put, put uh, Joseph in charge, really, of the nation. He was like a prime minister. Um, and uh, everyone had to bring in the grain. Uh, and they stored it. I don't know what. They must have had some big old barns uh, for seven years' worth. Uh, uh, and they stored um, the, the, the grain um, in such a way that actually then when the famine hit, um, so, so it, was, it, was, it was interesting. The story, you re, what you had was you had supernatural revelation and clever leadership working together. Because you, you, you could have had the, the revelation 
and think, well, enjoy the good years because you're going to have some bad ones. But Joseph's wisdom and clever leadership came up with a plan. Do you know what I mean? And so we, we want revelation, but we also want a plan. We want, we want clever, smart leadership as well as a plan, as well as revelation, supernatural uh, happenings. And so because of that, um, not only were, were the Egyptians uh, fed through, through a severe famine, but there was actually a worldwide famine, and other nations came to Egypt and were fed. And, uh, and um, on one side you saw then because of that Egypt was raised up as a, as a superpower but a smaller picture is that families that were starving got fed do you know what I mean and, and God's plan was to speak and, and give wisdom and strategy so that those people that were going to starve didn't and they got fed and it, and it even went beyond that um, that this 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 so there was this big picture uh, thing of God happening, but then there was a micro story as well. And, and how, how many micro stories that were there of starving kids and, 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 and adults um, that, got, that got to Egypt and got food, right? I mean, there may be other stories of that. They may have, they may have cost them and all of that sort of thing. Uh, I'm not going to speak into that. Uh, but then you had this, this other micro story of this family that got reunited because Joseph's family then needed food. So the brothers that tried to kill him um, were then actually were knelt down before him. And they were reconciled. And, uh, and, and, and you know, Joseph could have, could have, of course, abused that authority and, and power and influence. But he didn't. He, he reconciled his family. He loved his family. And uh, so in, in, this, in this story... Uh, there, was, there was revelation, there was clever leadership, and there were these micro-stories of people being blessed. And uh, so I believe that, um, you know, that God has is, God is spoken to us about that in a similar way. We don't, we're, we're not talking about seven years of plenty and storing it, because we live in the year of God's favor. We live in Jubilee, don't we? We, we have the favor. Gordon was just prophesying about it and it's increasing, we have the favor and the provision and the blessing of God. And Jesus' feeding of the 5,000 is like a picture of the resource and the blessing that we have for the world. Okay? Now, so so we, are, we are in a position where God has blessed us and given us favor. I would say um, that we are also in a position um, in our nation, and particularly uh, in the Western world, uh, but I'll just talk about the UK for a moment, um, that, that we are in a famine. It's that, you know, I don't, it's not, I don't think many of us are going to go home today and wonder if we can get any water. Not that kind of famine. Um, we are in a moral famine. We are in a famine of social welfare. The world isn't doing well. I don't know if you've noticed this. Uh, this nation, in many ways, isn't doing that well. And this nation needs people with bonds, with provision for it. Uh, Isaiah prophesied, um, and he said it, it's to, the, to, the, to the nation of, uh, of Israel, he said, it's too small a thing for you to... To, to restore the, the, the tribes of Jacob. 
I've called you to be a light to the Gentiles. I feel like God would want to say to us, it's too small a thing for you to be concerned about just building a nice church in a nice building. It's too small a thing for you even to be concerned about being a resource church for other churches in different parts of the country. I've called you to feed the nations. I've called you to bless and feed the nations. And uh, I, I believe God wants us to own that and, 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 and live in that and, and roll, roll our sleeves up and get to work in the, in the ministry and the call of that to feed a nation. There was a lady, there's a lady called uh, Ginny Bergin. Bergin, Bergin, Bergin? I can't remember how to pronounce her name. She's a, she's a, a prophet in New Frontiers. Um, and a uh, very unassuming looking lady, uh, but has given um, prophetic words to certainly within the context of New Frontiers, but also other contexts that have been extraordinary. Uh, she's, she's very known for the, for the prophecy she gave about um, seeing um, flowers uh, London full of flowers uh, and she described it uh, very very shortly after that prophecy was actually the death of Diana and, and London was full of flowers um, and, and she prophesied on the back of that uh, about things in the nation uh, so she's known for that prophecy but there's one that she's less known for that I think is probably more impactful was a prophecy that she gave into New Frontiers uh, some time ago about the UK and about the UK hitting, not getting better socially and economically, but, but worse. And the church need to be ready. Um, it's a long prophecy and I can't remember all the detail of it. Uh, but I've been involved and um, I've been to meetings that have been convened by New Frontiers and, and others uh, where leaders from different sort of social action uh, organizations have come together to, to basically take the revelation, be ready, a bit like Pharaoh, revelation, the good cows, the bad cows, uh, take the revelation and then make a plan. So how are we going to sort this out? Uh, because the word that she gave was about, about the church being ready to feed and bless and serve the nation. Uh, and, um, and it was fascinating. I mean, it, you know, uh, I, I went to one meeting uh, and, I, and I have no idea how I got invited, uh, but they were, they were seriously clever people in the room. I spent the whole day trying to just not look stupid. <laughs> and and I, I, my conclusion was just don't say anything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, and, then, and then you won't look too stupid. Uh, of course, you know me, so I didn't actually manage. Um, so, so, um, uh, but, um, but it was fascinating, and we, we, we had a, we had a, a whiteboard and we basically wrote down areas in our nation that we could see, and there are experts from different fields where we could see there's a problem emerging. One of, one of those areas um, is the provision for mental health. Um, and and where, where resources have been somewhat pared back and stretched, um, the actual medical provision is still there, but the, the, the background support for people is so pared down. Um, you know, that, that we, we foresee a problem. And another one uh, was the support uh, for people that are battling with homelessness. Um, and again, we were on the back, at the time, it was a few years ago, we were on the back of major council cut, um, cuts of funding. Um, 
uh, and, uh, and we predicted the increase. It was a bit doom and gloom, sorry about this, but the increase of homelessness. And of course, that's been on the news, hasn't it, this, this last week or so. Um, uh, and um, uh, the, 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 we could see the, a challenge coming with addiction. Uh, um, and, and again, where, where resources were cut for the support um, and the therapy for people in addiction, uh, we could see some problems coming. Um, of course, those are quite strongly linked. One of the other ones that we saw um, was uh, the provision for elderly care. Um, and um, increasingly, th there will be people that you know, there will be people uh, you know, in, in our city that are lonely, uh, that are struggling. We, you know, there, there will be elderly people deciding whether they put the heating on or not because of their finances. Um, there, there, there are challenges. Uh, some of the services for um, elderly care has been squeezed. Some of the homes, where f the, particularly where poorer people get to go to, um, you know, are, are in trouble and may not be able to continue. And, and the government, I, I know last year we're looking at uh, totally getting rid of supported, the supported housing allowance, um, which would have meant many of that, the old people's homes would have just closed overnight because that's how they ran. Um, so so there, there's some problems. Um, you know, there's an increase. Um, you know, when, when many of us that, were, that have got grey hair um, went to school, um, you, you know, there, there wasn't a department that looked after, um, uh, uh, you know, kids that were at risk of exclusion or, or you know, um, safeguarding issues. Now there's whole departments, there's whole areas where, because, because in our schools, we increasingly have kids that are struggling. Um, and, uh, and, you know, something, you're, you're involved in that, aren't you, Susan? Helping kids that are at risk of exclusion. And, and the need, I'm guessing, is much bigger than you've got time and resource to, to, to do. Um, most, of, most of the resources, the NHS, is stretched, isn't it? And so you're, you're having to, you know, if you're in, involved in those services, you're having to make decisions about how you deliver the resource that you've got. You're having to decide who's most worthy of care, who's, who's most needy of care, and, and how long they, they, you can afford for them to wait. Those, those things are happening in our nation. And... and you know, it, it, it is, like for us anyway, maybe in other nations there are, there are different and bigger problems. Um, but for us, it's, it's, a, it's like a famine. It's like a time of crisis. Um, because behind all of those social economic problems, there are micro stories of lonely people. Of people wondering how they're going to manage. Of people getting a letter through the door and just hiding it because they can't face opening it. It's, it. This happens all over our nation. These will be people that you live next door to. Um, and uh, God, God has, he's given us a building that is a prophetic picture for what he wants us to be. You got it? He's given us a building that is a grain store to feed people, but he's saying, actually, no, that's what I want, that's what I want you to be. I want you to be a people that feed your city. I want you to be a people that will put your arm around the lonely person and ensure that they don't get lonely again. 
I want you to get involved in the ministry of serving and caring for the nation and the nations. So can you see that, that here we are, this, this 1.6 million pounds plus VAT that, that, we, that we have in front of us is like, it feels to me a bit like if we uh, backtrack a bit in the story that we've been looking at, it feels to me a bit like the Egyptians in front of the Red Sea. Okay, I, 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 I don't know about you, but I try and picture what ordinary people would have been saying at the time. So there they are, coming out of Egypt, coming out of Egypt uh, pharaohs on their tail, and, uh, and they're, they're, they're sort of going, uh, they're following uh, Moses, he seems to know what he's doing, let's, let's follow Moses. Hang on a minute, somebody's nudging the other person saying, where's he going? And, uh, and he said, no, it's all right, Moses knows what he's doing, he's in touch with the man upstairs, it's fine. So that, so that, but... The Red Sea. So they're getting closer and closer to the Red Sea. And they're thinking, what on earth is going on here? Uh, and it's, this is a stupid route. There, were, could, there could have been other routes they could have taken. They could have gone another way. But God led them to the Red Sea where they were totally stuck. They were totally dead. Completely dead in the water. Right, literally, without God. And it feels a bit like that for us. It feels a bit like God's been saying, take a next step. Okay, God, take a next step. And we, we, we've, we've assumed that these next steps would lead to a nice green pasture. <laughs> nice word, green pastures. Um, we, we assume that's where it is, but actually he's taken, us to a, he's taken us to a Red Sea that it looks a bit like a silly route. So I'm having meetings now with, with um, people and, and, uh, and, and I'm, I'm, it's a bit embarrassing. Because you sort of talk to them and say, so how's it going? They're oh, it's going okay. We've got private mission. We've got this. Um, haven't really got the money. Sorry, what? You, you started that and you haven't got the money. It's a bit stupid. Well, yeah. Sorry, coming out of Egypt and you don't know where you're going and you're going to be in front of the Red Sea. It's a bit stupid, isn't it? Could have gone another way. This is the way God led us. And we're in front of a Red Sea and we need a miracle. Do we not? Do you know what I mean? But here's the thing. God provided the Red Sea. Because how many times on the back of that moment did the Israelites say, God, you parted the Red Sea? They looked back, didn't they? God, you. Because that miracle was their provision. That miracle was, the, was their provision to know that they can't manage without God. So 1.6 million plus VAT, plus chairs, plus PA, um, uh, <laughs> is, is our Red Sea, it's our provision from God to say, you can't do it. You cannot do it without God. We need a miracle. And we'll look at the options. We, we're not going to sit down and just wait. We'll look at lottery. We'll look at loans. We'll look at all, all these things. But ultimately, we look to heaven. Say, so God, we need a miracle. Um, because, and the reality is, if it was just possessing a building, if it was just having a building so we don't have to set up on a Sunday morning, then it would, you know, well, frankly, I wouldn't be enthusiastic about it. Um, it's not. It's about feeding a city. It's about feeding a, a, a nation. It's about feeding the nations. We've got Richard at the moment out preaching and teaching pastors in Uganda uh, and looking to see more churches planted and, and, the, and the gospel spread uh, throughout that region. Well, that's what we're about. We don't want a building so we have a nice sparkly building with nice seats and, and we have a nice cozy, comfy time. We want a building to bless a, bless a city. And, uh, and we, we need the supernatural wisdom and provision from God to do that. And, I, and I, it's, it, this morning, if you like, is my, 
rally cry to say, come on, let's get behind it, let's get into it, let's not just, you know, yeah, we can give and we can give our ISIS, bottom line is probably there isn't enough money uh, amongst us to do it, so we just need God, um, you know, but, but I'm saying let's get behind the, the bigger miracle than the 1.6 million plus VAT plus PA plus chairs is, is, is the, for us to have the resources to fix some of the social economic challenges in our society. Okay? And uh, we want to make a difference. We want to make a difference to people that are sleeping rough. And, and, and the issues are complex. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you hear people at media and people saying on Facebook and all sorts of things, what should be done? And most of them haven't got a clue what they're talking about. Just giving them a home isn't, isn't always going to be the answer. Um, let's just, um, let me just hit you with four quick, quick points. How are we doing? Yeah. Nine minutes. Uh, four, four quick points that I think are like seeds, bits of grain that God's given us or, or wanting to give us in order to bless and serve people. And the first one is this, family and community. Um, we, we, can, we can get bogged down. We can look at some of the social challenges in our nation and we can think about all sorts of organizations that we should start. But frankly, there are organizations there probably doing it better than we could but they're not very good at family and community. And should we not be better at that? Do you know what I mean? And so my encouragement to us, because, that, because there are gaps, there's gaps in the NHS, there's gaps in social welfare, there's gaps in all sorts of places. And here's how we can, is, is my little pennyworth for how we can actually start bridging some of those gaps. You can take one person and go with them to the doctors. And serve them and care for them and, and help them with this, help give them the time that the doctor doesn't have to make them to, 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 to help them with their other needs their loneliness, their worry, their fears, their doubts. You can do that, can't you? Not, we can't do it with many, but if all of us do it with one or two, then a lot of people get blessed. Yeah? And you tell them to pay it forward, do it to somebody else. Simples, right? Uh, we, can, we can build a church that, that is a community, that is a loving, caring, family community. We have small groups. If you're not in a small group, please get in one because, because that's how we outwork it and where we can care for each other. But we, don't, we want those communities be, to be communities that are so tight, so loving, so caring, but also so inviting and embracing of others. Is your, is your community, is it too nice and comfortable for someone with problems? Well, change it, adjust it. Because we need to be a community that can embrace people in difficulty. Now, how can we do it? It's, it's a challenge, isn't it? It's a challenge. But I believe that's, that's a, that, is a, that is a really significant bit of grain that we have for our city. Yeah? Health professionals... Family, relationships, community, would that make a difference to your job? Social worker, yeah? Would that make a difference if the, there's more of that for your clients? Doctors, would that make a difference? Teachers, people in schools, would it make a difference if kids were served and looked after and, and brought into family and encouraged kids that are in difficulties? 
Yeah? It would make a difference. So I'm not saying that the doctors, the social services aren't doing well, but there are gaps, and we can fill some of the gaps. Work with these organisations, take people, serve people, look after people. Um, second thing, so family, community. Uh, we have in abundance, and we need to grow it and become generous with it. Uh, second thing, compassion. Almost every miracle that Jesus did was preceded with compassion. And, uh, and we have compassion. Do we, do we see the plight and the needs of the broken and the needy, and are we moved with compassion? Because that's what got Jesus to do a miracle often, wasn't it? Even, even, he even had compassion, I think, to turn the, the water into wine at a wedding. He felt for the, felt for the hosts. Uh, you know, and, I, and I'd say, God, God, would you grow that in us? Would you grow our hearts, make our hearts bigger to be able to feel compassion for the people around us? And, and uh, the kind of compassion that prompts action and doing something. And we do get overwhelmed. Who gets overwhelmed when you see the need? You think, I don't know where to start. Anyone? We do, don't we? But we just do something with one. Just do something with the one in front of you. Love the person in front of you. Um, too often the church is known and seen as, as a, a wagging finger rather than embracing hug. Uh, you know, the, the, I, I would say our society not only has social economic challenges, but has total moral famine. And, and, and that, that moral collapse in our nation, sorry, it's a bit doom and gloomy, say it with a smile. Uh, our, that moral collapse um, is not going to be um, dealt with and blessed and served and fed by a wagging finger. Jesus was amazing, and that's an obvious statement. Jesus was amazing in his earthly ministry. Amazing at not compromising truth, but accepting everybody. Wasn't he? And, and you know, we, we have all sorts of stuff going on in our society. We have the whole kind of gender discussion. Sexuality, all of those things. We have, we have, it's, a, it's a minefield, don't we? Here's what people need compassion we get we'll get with on the back of compassion we'll get to say what we think is right but let's do compassion first Jesus, the woman caught in adultery jesus did compassion and then he said go and sin no more he didn't he didn't he didn't brush it under the carpet he didn't say you're not a sinner you're right it's all acceptable it's all okay he didn't say that he said go sin no more but first of all he said i don't condemn you and, and I'll tell you, someone confused about their sexuality, someone confused about their gender, confused about their moral compass, needs compassion. But they also need truth. But truth will come on the back of compassion. The room is quiet. Uh, third thing, before I cry, third thing, Skills. Do you know what? We, the church of Jesus Christ, need to get skilled up. We need to get better at stuff. We need to go to college. We need to learn how to do it. We need to um, not be naive. 
when we're caring and serving for the needs of our nation. Um, we, we, wanna, we, we applaud and want to see brilliant doctors, brilliant nurses, brilliant teachers, brilliant social workers, brilliant whatever else is. <laughs> but I've forgotten. I mean, so, so support and encourage. We've got doctors that are here that are in training, um, uh, taking exams. I think it's one passed and one didn't pass. I mean, to get behind them and encourage them and bless them and say, come on, be the best that you can be. Not only that, but we, we that are, are not training in the, as, as professionals, but having a go at serving and blessing people, well, we need to learn. Uh, I, I've been carrying now a burden for some time for our nation. I've got, I've got less than a minute left. Carrying a burden for, for, and, and, and speaking it in different parts of the nation um, that, uh, that, that churches need to look, to look a little bit more like projects and projects need to look a bit more like churches. In other words, we, we've done well over the years at planting churches. We've done well over the years at starting projects that help the poor. Jesus Christ, I believe, wants churches that help the poor. Jesus wants churches that, that gain the skills that projects have learned. And, and Jesus wants projects to have the community and call and, and New Testament vision that churches have got. Have you got it? Apostolic mission. It's, it's, it's what God's called us to. He wants to see those things come together. And, and actually, it seems that people want to hear that message. Um, but that does involve us to be committed to learning. It, 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 it does involve us to actually say we're a bit naive sometimes. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> hurts a bit, doesn't it? We do have to say, actually, I don't know. I need to learn. I need to go to college. I need, a, need to do some training. <clears throat> learn some skills. Finally, fourth point. And, uh, and sometimes y- your fourth point is the one you think of last and so sort of you, the preacher wonders whether he leaves it in or kicks it out. Uh, but actually, in this case, the fourth point is the one that you want to be the final word. <laughs> okay? It's like the big one. Okay? And I've got 30 seconds. Um, we need, our society need eternal solutions. The, 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 the challenges in our society uh, doesn't just need a social economic solution it needs a spiritual eternal solution some of the loneliness that we're experiencing some of the depravity that we experience some of the challenges that we experience can only be will only be changed with the gospel of jesus christ that is the only solution to some of these things it's the gospel with helps but if it's helps without the gospel we're we're sunk We've got nothing in our toolkit. And I, and I want us to, to grow our confidence in the good news of Jesus Christ. Not just to populate heaven, although that is a phenomenally amazing thing to do. But to see change. To see the kingdom of heaven break into the kingdom of this world. In all of its glory, colorfulness, and, and provision. The, the year of jubilee. Of... of the, the poor and the broken being elevated and lifted up and being no needy person amongst them. Okay. I'll stop. Let me pray.
Because I, I, this is what I believe God. This is why I believe God has called us to buy a granary building. Okay, we'll have a nice building. We'll have the glassy front. We'll have all of those things sometime before our kids grow up. Uh, but more than that, He wants us to be a grain store. Let me pray. Yeah, Lord Jesus, we thank you for the amazing privilege of partnering with you in seeing the nation and the nations blessed. Thank you that we've been pulled in to the promise of Abraham to be blessed and to be a blessing. Just pray, Holy Spirit, would you catch us with this vision? Help us not to serve other things that are meaningless and a waste of time. Help us to serve things that are eternal. Help us to give our money, our time, our skills, our gifting to seeing your kingdom come and nothing else. Pray, God, that you would increase your favor on us and the provision and the grain that we have to give, that we can give more. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> amen. So offering on the 29th and the 6th. <coughs>